Welcome to 10 Minutes with the Gospel of John. I'm Stan Harstein, your narrator. I truly appreciate your willingness to set aside your daily distractions for the next 10 minutes so you can invest in your own spiritual life. If you have a comment on this DevoCast, please contact me using the email link located at the bottom of the website page. It's time now for today's episode. Welcome to episode 16, Messiah. When one mentions the Messiah, my mind often turns to the music by Handel, and these words echo in my mind. The kingdom of this world is become These words, originally found in the New Testament book of Revelation, represent the foundational essence of the term used with the name of Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus the Christ, that is to say, Jesus the Messiah. The name Messiah comes from the Hebrew and Aramaic languages read and spoken in first century Palestine. This word is better known by its Greek form, Christ the anointed one of God. Only twice does it appear in the Greek New Testament. Andrew first found his brother Simon and told him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated into Greek as Christ. John 1.41 The woman said to Jesus, I know that the Messiah is coming, the one also called Christ. When he comes, he will declare everything to us. John 4.25 This Messiah, God's anointed, is anticipated by inhabitants of Judea, Samaria, and the Galilee regions. Elsewhere in John We find our first clue regarding this Messiah during the discussion in the wilderness region between John the Baptizer and the religious leaders from Jerusalem regarding his religious teaching. When they ask him who he is... John states plainly, I am not the Messiah. 120. In other words, John says, I am not the person you're expecting to come. When John reappears in the gospel account, he reminds those still following him that he had already said, I am not the Messiah. John 3.28. After the woman at the well returns into her town, she asks her townsfolk, with a hint of doubt as to the validity of her question, whether this person she was speaking with outside their town might be the Messiah. Her reason for thinking this might even be a possibility was found in his words. The Messiah, she expected, would be one who would tell all things. The man she wants them to go see had told her, quote, all the things she had done, unquote. John 4, 29. At the week-long festival held each fall, the Festival of Booths, or Tabernacles, the crowd is wondering whether Jesus is the Messiah. Some initially suggest that the rulers know he is the Messiah, but aren't telling anyone. The Messiah they are expecting will work many signs and wonders, much like Moses, or like the prophets Elijah and Elisha. The only problem is, 
The crowd thinks they know where Jesus is from. No one is supposed to know where the Messiah they expect comes from. John 7, 26 through 31. While some think Jesus is the expected prophet, others hold to the notion that he is the Messiah. But others indicate, falsely, that he can't be the Messiah because the Messiah doesn't come from Galilee. And they are certain Jesus is from Galilee. John 7, 40-42 Only a few months later, the crowds have again gathered in Jerusalem, this time to celebrate the Feast of Dedication, what we today call Hanukkah. These who are in the temple have obviously been talking about Jesus since the last major feast, so they come to him and ask directly, Are you the Messiah or not? John 10, 24 a definite expectation fills the air that the Messiah, God's anointed person, will come and do great and mighty things for God's people, Israel. After Jesus calls Lazarus to come out of the grave, the crowds appear to have accepted the idea that he was this coming Messiah. Yet, Jesus' teaching disturbs them. They ask him how he can say he must be lifted up from the earth when they seem to know from the sacred writings that the Messiah will remain into the ages. John 12, 32 through 34. There are certainly many ideas floating throughout these religiously minded individuals about what the Messiah will do, where the Messiah will come from, and how the Messiah will bring about God's deliverance. Fortunately, the Gospel of John does not leave its reader confused. On three occasions, individuals surrounding Jesus and listening to his words demonstrate a unique understanding. First, when the inhabitants from the town of Samaria listen to Jesus for two days, they respond to the woman who asked them to go and determine whether Jesus was the Messiah. We no longer believe on account of what you told us. We have heard him ourselves, and we know that he truly is the Savior of the world. John 4, 42. Their confidence is based on the words and teaching of Jesus. They recognize, although they don't say it as clearly, that he has told them about everything. But they indicate a further aspect behind this Messiah. He is the Savior of the world. God's truly anointed one will deliver all persons, not just those who submit to the authority of Rome. Second, before Lazarus is released from his tomb, Jesus holds a conversation with his sister Martha. Jesus' words challenge Martha's belief. She is convinced that death is subject to no one. But Jesus identifies himself as the resurrection power she hopes Lazarus will one day experience. She then tells him, Yes, Lord, I have believed that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming to the world. John 11:27. Her confidence placed in Jesus, although not yet fully complete in knowledge, confirms another element of this Messiah. He is coming to the world and comes from God. Finally, 
near the end of this gospel, the evangelist reminds the reader of the Gospel of John why these particular accounts have been written down. Now, to be sure, Jesus did many different signs in the presence of his followers which have not been written in this account. But these signs have been written so that you can trust that Jesus is the Messiah, God's Son, and so that those who trust in his name may experience life. John 20, verses 30 through 31. Those walking alongside and interacting with Jesus struggle to determine whether or not he is the Messiah. Yet, after giving appropriate consideration to his life, his death, and his resurrection, any concern about his identity as Messiah, Son of God, disappears. The words of Jesus, spoken to clarify the various signs and wonders which Jesus performed, validate the crowd's response in John 7 for the readers of this gospel. Whenever the Messiah should come, he surely won't perform more signs than this man has accomplished, will he? John 7, 31. Concluding thought. Messiah, Christ, Son of God, Savior of the world, one coming from God, giver of life. These titles sometimes confuse the truth of the matter. Jesus, the originator of grace and truth, the word at the beginning with God, demonstrates the mighty power of God through many signs, healing the sick, the lame, the blind, feeding multitudes in the wilderness, taming nature's elements, and yes, even raising the dead. This one, Jesus, possesses authority unlike any other, authority that requires us to carefully consider his words, which are truth resulting in the life of the ages. Thank you for investing these undistracted moments in your spiritual life. I invite you to return later for another episode of 10 Minutes with the Gospel of John, composed and narrated by Stan Harstein, all rights reserved. <laughs>